If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly roundup of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. And this is episode 141. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host. Later on in the podcast, editorial assistant Ellie chats to Sugan Gopal about his cult restaurant Roti King and how he took inspiration from his Malaysian roots to set up his new place, Gopal's Corner. But first up, digital editor Alex heads to restaurant and bakery Jolene to chat about how the team uses British and French grains to create unique bakes. Plus, we get a tour of their bakery and tiny mill. Hello, it's Alex, and I'm here with David Gingell in his new restaurant and bakery, Jolene, on Newington Green, that he runs with his business partner, Jeremy Cometto-Lingenheim. And these guys have Primer and Weston's Laundry already, which are two of our favourite neighbourhood restaurants. And they recently collaborated with Andy Cato to gather the best British and French grains to give their bread, pasta and pastries unique textures. So Andy's actually a knight, isn't he? <laughs> he, he is a knight. But because of grains? <laughs> I hope so. Um, he doesn't have a sword, though, unfortunately, which I was pretty upset about That's when we went to visit him. Yeah, it was, it was something I was really looking forward to, meeting a knight with a sword and a shield and stuff. Anyway. So the reason why you collaborated with Andy is because he does a lot of um, farming in France, and that's why it's got his knighthood, isn't it? Yeah. And um, you wanted to focus on grains so that's what we're going to talk about at your bakery and um so I'm literally surrounded by uh, an open kitchen and everybody's baking bread we're here first thing in the well not first thing in the morning for you guys at all. isn't it come on <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like the end of their shift right yeah, now. Yeah, they're getting close. <laughs> yeah, and we've got lots of lovely pastries and uh, loaves of bread surrounding us. So it's quite a nice setting. Um, so can we have a chat about some of these breads um, that we've yeah. got here? Because they're all really rustic and um, they've got these lovely textures. And how do you create these textures and with these unique grains that you use? Well, uh, uh, Essentially, much of the work is, is down to the, the farming methods and the grains themselves. So the, the, process of, of the, bread, the process of the bread making is, you know, a relatively simple one. It's flour, water, 
and salt and natural avan. Um, we, Andy developed a, a recipe with help of a fairly expert baker in France. And we've used that. We've had to adjust it slightly um, because of using half UK grains and half French grains, all the same variety. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we, we need to play with the water a little bit. But it, essentially, it's fairly close to what they have, but it's different enough to be a different thing, which is lovely. And how do you, how does the mixture of French and British grains help? I mean, actually, I, I think I think it's really good because they're essentially they're the same grains. So there's about 50 different varieties that go into this uh, mix. Wow! And um, but you can't name them all. No, I definitely can't. <laughs> and they're they're, they're, they're old French, uh, like badger's whisker and all sorts like that duck's beak who knows great um but essentially we we started off using just andy's grains which was great but we wanted to you know we we really wanted to grow them over here so we we teamed up with a farm in goodwood who who have got organic status blah 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 um and then they're they're growing our grains in the same way but we had a slightly different result in that it created a slightly um whiter flour okay so we decided to mix half half with with andy's french grown grains and the uk goodwood ones and actually we're really really pleased with the result it just gives us a really tasty bread and and that's sort of what we're after and you what know. um what are the different types of bread you've got there so, in that here so we do we do two main types um we do a naroc uh dough which is which is the one he sort of started working on three four years ago um, out of that, we make a baguette as well, out of the same dough. And then we also do one w- that we fold some raisins into. Uh, and that's really lovely with cheese and stuff in the mm. evening. It's just just good stuff. And what's unique about your, like, Narok sourdough compared to your, um, your bog standard? I reckon if you were to go back three... 200 years there'd be nothing unique about it at all oh, it's, it's it's okay, it's so just you're going back to yeah i mean the roots, well uh, grains <laughs> we've got fairly specialist ovens and, and a specialist mixer but essentially the thing is 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 it, it's about the milling of the grains to make our flour everyone sort of expects you know freshly ground coffee nowadays and, and, and instant isn't kind of the same thing um so we've kind of taken that lesson with the bread and we we mill our we mill our grains as close to making the flour as possible so we kind of mill the grains eight out uh, sorry as close to making the bread as possible we mill our grains sort of eight hours before we we mix our doughs and then the doughs are then fermented for 18 hours and then we bake them the next morning yeah so i've just been in the um little cupboard you've been in the cupboard we call we call it the mill room the mill room actually some people call it other things but uh, (laughs) but yeah for for the sake of this we'll call it the mill room yeah um can we go back yes we can just show us um how you because it's very interesting so we have to actually walk through the bakery which is very exciting we've got some leads here and they're going to love the microphones (laughs) hello hello (laughs) so um this is uh alex the head baker Hello, Alex. Absolute hero. And Kiana, who can do everything with pastries. Uh, this is a gatto basque. I'm just cutting up. Yeah, just... Oh, no, nothing to see here. Bakery, guys. Later, yeah. <laughs> gatto basque. Gatto mm. basque, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, it's very rustic. Uh, it's um, don't eat it if you're on a diet, because it's just baked custards and... It's surrounded in like an almost biscuit base. 
Yeah, but it's very nice. We make everything with our pastries with our um, stone ground flour here from Andy's Farm. So everything's extra tasty. Nice. Yeah, we're going to go and see how that's um, ground Let's do it. Now. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Caught you off guard there. Yeah, it's good, right? Right, right, so we'll have to speak very loudly. This is the mill room, um, and you can hear from the, the ticking that it's milling away. Um, so essentially, there's, I'll try and explain it, there's a big hopper, which is like a big big funnel, and we pop all our grains in there, and it, it comes down and it's, it's, it hits a granite um, mill, <laughs> yeah. and then it, it pops in, there's like a big box with a, with a sieve inside, and it, it essentially just rattles through there and sieves out the size of flour we need. Um, and from the other other end, out of a tube comes uh, the the bran. So I say it looks a bit like sawdust. Looks a bit like sawdust. So it's essentially the husk. Yeah. Um, for for making uh, in inverted commas white flour, mm-hmm. we. Um, we take this out. But if you want to make home meal, you just take the whole sieve out and then you grind all the bran in with it. Um, the leftover bran we have, which as you can see... Quite a lot, uh, yeah. It's quite a lot. We, um, we send that up to one of our veg suppliers up in Cambridge who's got a biodynamic farm. Uh, it's really lovely, actually. Uh, it's called Flourish. And she, um, she feeds some of it to her horses. She uses it as like a, a, a natural fertilizer I guess yeah. that's probably the wrong word but Anna, she digs it into her soil um, and then we buy some vegetables back from her so it's great it's about creating you know little to no waste really yeah and also you um, let's let's leave this let's now. leave um, <laughs> as you were saying that you buy vegetables back and you have little to no waste I know yeah. you um, as well as being a bakery you are a restaurant fully functioning and you have amazing pasta, I've heard. Yeah. So I do mean, you use the same flour for your pasta? The um yeah, we do. We we, we essentially we use the, the the same the same grains ground in the same way. Uh, we use a slightly finer sieve for this. Um, it's the T80, and, and it's really simple. It, it's just a hundred grams of, of flour and one egg, nothing else, and, and it gives us really good results. And what's your favorite pasta you make? What that you made so far? Oh, I don't know. Um, it's like choosing between children. It's like choosing between children. <laughs> it is. I really, what do I like? Uh, the boys last, a few weeks ago, were doing a ricotta and egg yolk ravioli, which oh. is like a pasta sheet with a dollop of rec- seasoned ricotta, a raw egg yolk, and then a pasta sheet on top. And then you sort of cook that really gently. Wow. And you get like an oozy egg yolk inside a mm. pasta. That's really, really... I actually am a very strange. I don't like eggs, but I'm sure that's delicious <laughs> for somebody who does. Yeah. Anyway, onwards. Um, so and now we're back in the little pastry um, yeah. display uh, area. And I had on Saturday, I came on Saturday, and I had one of the best pan of I've ever had well, in England. I used to live in France, and it's really hard to find a proper buttery delicious flaky pan of chocolate so but it was a little bit different like yeah. the texture was a little bit rough yeah um, in a good way yeah can you what how is that well essentially it, it's it's down to the the flour we use which which is you know down to the grains we use um you know with with these sort of uh 
super strong French flowers, you're going to get a really open crumb, open, fairly soft crumb. This, you know, it's it, it's a bit more of a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's there's a lot of substance to it. So so we use stone ground for all of our pastries as well, which is why they're not um, pretty. I'd say they're pretty. I think they're pretty, pretty in their own way. They're like pretty, rustic looking. Yeah, yeah rustic pretty. I, I think I think they, they look like a real thing that's been made by a human, which is yeah. really important to us. You yeah. Know. Um, yeah, and also you've got a lovely blood orange Danish there, yeah, which is it, very pretty. Yeah, if the, we're talking about yeah, aesthetics. Yeah, blood orange <laughs> with, with, with full of custard, like custard. But you don't like eggs, so you can't no, have... Cu- yeah, I, li- I, li- I like custard. Oh, you like custard? It's just in the whole oh, form. I see. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, bit of fair a Fair enough, one. that's all right. And then you've got a poppy seed topped pan of chocolate. Is that always yeah, that well, no, something that, different? No, that's, that's, um, that's uh, poppy seed uh, oh. ham and cheese. Oh, a savoury one. Croissant, like a little savoury one. Amazing. It's, it's delicious. And then, um, because when we were in the, the milling covered yeah the yeah 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 <laughs> um we you showed me some of the grains and uh-huh. um noticed that some of them are whiter and a bit plumper Ye- so they're the or they're the british ones that's right they? so so really it, they're they're exactly the same grains but just grown under different and under a different situation so because we get a bit more rain mm-hmm. a bit more rain a lot more rain here in the uk um even with the summer we just had which is when they were when they were harvested um they they are still a little bit plumper so they've got a little bit less bit less bran okay. um which and gives them slightly mean? different properties so you you get a little bit more white flour okay um white flour you get you get a little bit more flour but but not as much um of the the sort of bran, which okay. is actually where a lot of the flavour comes from. It's why we mix them half half. Right. Okay. Interesting. Cool. Well, thanks a lot. Um, no problem. I've definitely learned a lot about milling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but thanks. And if anyone wants to come and try any of these pastries, breads, or pasta, um, you guys are on Newington Green. Newington aren't Green. You? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thanks a lot for chatting to me. My pleasure. Thanks for coming in. Hello, and I am here on the Victoria Market Hall's rooftop in on this lovely sunny February day. I'm here with Sugan Gopal of Roti King. Um, for those that don't know what Roti King is, I'm not sure how, but um, it's a basement restaurant near Euston, specialising in Malaysian dishes from roti kanai to nasi goreng. And you kind of have to get there at midday when it opens because the queues, queues are long. Um, so yeah, so you've just opened your sister branch in... Yes. Victoria's Market Hall, and it's a buzzing indoor street food market. You've got the likes of Koya Co, Bun Shop, Flank. Downstairs at the moment, it's packed with uh, people enjoying lunches. Um, so how did Roti King first start? Uh, Roti King started in 2003. Uh, we started in the food court at Collindale. Okay. But, but the days, we call us as uh, Roti Stall. Okay. Uh, so... And um, we try to make some authentic food. And then I, I thought, why not roti chanai? Because I don't really see someone make fresh roti chanai in London. Yeah. So we got the idea to making roti chanai and give, make it affordable in London. And so can I check it pronounced roti chanai? Roti chanai. Roti chanai, okay. Um, so how, how did you take your first stall 
going then how did you set up a restaurant from there was it just the success of the first stall oh um that back then it, it was a food court right so first i was working for the landlord okay and uh say i want to i want to leave the job and then he said why not you take over the place wow <laughs> so then i took over the place from him started very small and then we were making a living it's okay yeah that was a good response but uh there's no enough marketing or uh you know nobody knows really about yeah because it's downstairs is China, yes. isn't it yeah and um but that's still we got repeating customers and uh, 2008 we lost the location because of the refurbishments right and they want to sell the location and so we have to out and uh from 2008 we did some markets events uh, but um financially wasn't great yeah in in uh, 2012 yeah uh, i was setting up a stall in a, in a east london in a market so back days i was when i was making roti i was i, I used to have a regular customer yeah. his name is juda okay uh, so jamaican guy and he comes to me and say oh you make roti you must call yourself roti king not sugen <laughs> so i was like wow roti king sounds good it's a good yeah yes yeah, very catchy i say okay i will keep this name And then um in 2012 we tried to do Olympic so we got a stall somewhere Kenning town. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't great. It was a big failure. Because huh? there's not enough people. And so I keep the name and then I did the events. And then I started in uh, Chinatown Charing Cross Road. Yeah. So it is a big a proper restaurant but uh, we get a small space there to rent and then just selling roti chanai. and then they sell drinks and other food and then we build our customers from there through social media we keep them yeah so we don't want to lose them anymore so we keep it from there and 2014 i get offered this place uh, chinese houston yeah I offered my my friend he said why not take over this place i can't really run this place so then i i change it to roti king from there roti king started and then uh, guardian came in public said and that's how yeah. we get so famous and, and that's how you have the thanks for guardian for that <laughs> that's a little call out to them um, so after the so you had that success yes. of roti king so what was the inspiration behind setting up um your store your stand in the market halls is it because you're offering a similar thing aren't you yes uh, in market hall we uh, we try to put uh, the name called under gopal's corner back days in 70s my parents start uh, gopal's corner in back home hippo okay. malaysia in a little small town under the tree a little stall yeah so they were selling they were they were very famous for banana leaf yes which is a dish you offer isn't yes. it yeah and uh, and uh, we are the one first to serve curry fish head. in our in our town and uh, so i was thinking so to bring the legacy back to london and try to uh, promote banana leaf yeah so it's kind of steeped under, in your family history name, yes um, and use the mom's recipe yeah so i was going to talk about the recipe so obviously i'm sure they're probably guarded and their secrets but um can you talk us through a bit about roti chennai and how that's made because here at market halls you can watch them being made as a glass window and it's amazing just standing and watching because the speed that they do it at is mm-hmm. phenomenal how do i make roti chanai mm-hmm. it's a tricky question 
Yeah, but uh, the, the the flour is made of plain flour, a simple simple recipe, plain flour, butter, salt, sugar, milk, and is uh, basically is the skill. Right. Is the skill to make more tastier, and there's a techniques. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of practice that goes. Practice and techniques, how? and it's a passion towards right. the roti. So how is it? How do you shape it? Into like how does it form? Because it's almost like a spiral shape, isn't it? Of yeah, the coils. Yes. Of... Well, it's a it's a proper about eighty to ninety gram of a dough. Right. We split very thin, make it really thin, and then fold it back again, mm. and then just press slowly, become a round shape. And then I become a proper roti. And then it's fried. It's it, uh, yeah. It's not really fried. It's, yeah. a, it's a weird, yeah. <laughs> weird cooking process because it results in a really like rich, flaky dough, yes, yes, which does, yeah. is um, which is great. So here you can either have it plain or you can have it um, with a choice of sides. So I've had the beef rendang. Beef rendang. Um, are they like you said, are they family recipes? Yes. Yeah. So are they recipes that you grew up with. Yes. I, um, the dal. Uh, the mutton curry. Yes. Chicken curry and the fish curry. Have yes. you tried the fish curry? I haven't tried the fish curry. No, only the beef rendang so far. Each and uh, each and every curry got different taste. Yeah. Uh, you can see. Oh, this is fish. Yeah. This is chicken. This is lamb. Within even you close your eyes, you can taste and say, Ah, oh, can recognize. This, yeah. Which is your favorite? Do you have a favorite? <laughs> I put all my favorites in the menu. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the dream of being the owner, isn't it, really? Yes, you can yes. you can personalize that menu. Um, so, and I love food. Yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> um, so we've talk, spoken about the banana leaf. Um, can you talk us through a bit through that? Because people might just be thinking, what? Uh, uh, banana leaf is a traditional of a South Indian food. Mm. Uh, well, in, in, a, in South Indian, in India, normally they eat for festive food. Uh, New Year's, you know, normally for festival they use that, but um, it's only basically they use for vegetarians. Right. So, what well, we change it a bit with the meat. Uh, it's like a proper big uh, uh, meat feast. Yeah. We got meat, <laughs> vegetables, rice. Wow. And sweet to sour to spicy. So you've got all the flavor combinations yes. going on on one plate. Yes. Lovely. And, uh, Ours is a little bit different because we got touch of uh, influence of uh, Malaysia. Okay. That's why we are a little bit different than other South Indian uh, banana leaf or anything. So what what's the Malaysian element? Uh, Malaysian is some, you see, uh, Malaysian food is a fusion food um, where you get Malay taste on it, Indian, Chinese, it's all, it's all, all in, one. in one. So we add all that and become a Malaysian cuisine. Yeah. Malaysian nice. Tamil cuisine. Okay, that's the official. Yes. For sure, way for it. Um, and finally, uh, at the moment, I am drinking. What What am I drinking again? Ice. Uh, ice tea is a tetari ice. A tetari ice. Um, so, can you talk us through what tetari is? Because it ice. looks a bit like chai, and that is probably not what it is. So, <laughs> so it's, it's basically made of a condensed milk. Right. Uh, it's, a, it's it's all day breakfast. I would say they for tea time they drink this uh, breakfast. Because in Malaysia, they always love tea. Yeah. Uh, whenever they sit at the mama, mama is, a, you know, any corner shops or Indian shops, they call mama. Yeah. So when they say, they say, oh, I want a tea. I want a tea tarik. Okay. Uh, shall we go out for tea? 
And that's all they mean. Yes. Amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm going to carry on drinking my Teetari now. <laughs> hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you very much. So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can pick up a copy of our new March issue on the newsstand now or go and download the app version. Bye for now and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat. Thank you.